0: TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up For A Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. Now, guys, today I'm going to leave the interview up to Cindy. She's going to be having a chat with the amazing Zen Honeycut from the US. Now, Zen's actually the founder of Moms Across America, and I'm not going to steal any
1: thunder. I just want to throw straight to you, Cindy. Go for it. Welcome Zen, thank you for um, coming online all the way from America, from um, California I believe. Yes. And yeah and also um, this is for my nutrition students that are at the Nutrition Academy. So let me just talk a little bit about you and then we'll get into asking you some questions. Zen is the founding executive director of Moms Across America, a nonprofit national coalition of unstoppable feisty moms <laughs> and author of the new book, Unstoppable. Transforming sickness and struggle into triumph, empowerment, and the celebration of a community, of community. With the motto, empowered moms, healthy kids, moms across America has grown rapidly with over 600 leaders who have created a thousand plus community events in all 50 states in the first five years of its inception. Zen has three boys with allergies and autism symptoms, which greatly improved when they went GMO free which I've just seen you in a wonderful movie called Secret Ingredients and Organic. She discovered that thousands of mums are seeing the same results. Welcome. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Cindy. It is such a pleasure to be with you and all of our friends in Australia. What a beautiful and diverse country that you have. And I really am honored to be able to connect with all of you.
1: Well, we hope to see you over here sometime.
2: Yes. Well, actually, I was there in two thousand. 14 or 15, I believe, and went to Melbourne and city, Sydney. And um, and it was just fantastic. It's so eclectic and artistic and, you know, amazing. So I would love to come back again soon. So did you come for a holiday or did you,
1: did you do some advocacy?
2: No, we did advocacy. I toured with um, Madge, which is Mothers Are Demystifying mm-hmm. Genetic Engineering. And we, I spoke with Michael Antonew and um and michelle dr michelle perro and you can find those videos online on youtube on madge and also on moms across america and and so it was great it was a mom myself a doctor and a scientist and so i say that we're the new mds right moms doctors and scientists we need to work together to really demystify what's going on with our children's health because most it just you, you have to come from all three angles you really have to come from the science from what's going on as far as um, you know, the food supply and the doctors, of course, with their expertise and moms, what we're seeing every day with our children and how, uh, and how important that is. We need to tell our doctors what we're seeing and our doctors can actually learn from us. And then we can learn from our doctors. Um, and of course, tying in the sciences is, is super important. So that was a great, uh, speaking tour and met a lot of people who are very dedicated to health. And you can see some of those videos on momsacrossamerica.org.
1: Good. I'll make sure that I link that um, to the show notes so everybody knows. So let's talk about how you got into this. So, met your husband, got married, had babies, and then what happened? Well,
2: when I had my first son, I was really dismayed to find that he was crying a lot and he had a green, bright green poop, and, you know, he was very kind of colicky and, He just was not behaving in the way that I thought a baby should behave. And most people told me, oh, it's normal. It's fine. You know, that's just the way it is. And so I just tried to power through it. But eventually when he was about 18 months old, we did do allergy tests and found out that he was allergic to milk. And so I had to go, um, you know, completely dairy free Or I mean, actually might have been a little bit earlier, but you know, maybe nine months or so, but I went completely dairy free. And then later on, when he was maybe three or four, we had to go through the whole pit, pin um, prick test, which was like torture, mm-hmm. to find out that he was allergic to many other things, including nuts. And uh, later on, when maybe he was seven, we found out he was allergic to wheat and twenty-two other different food intolerances. And I was really dismayed because my husband and I did not have any food allergies, and you know we had we had throughout our entire childhood, had very good health. And so um, I did not know what was going on. And eventually, when he was about eight years old, and he had a rash around his mouth, and he looked at me and said, Mom, I wish all my allergies would go away. And, and I said, me too, buddy. But in my head, I was thinking, that's never going to happen. Because the doctors had told me his allergies were only going to get worse. And that's why nut allergies are particularly life threatening, because every exposure gets worse, right? So in my head, I was thinking that's never going to happen. And then I realized what I was thinking in my head, that that was very disempowering, right? That we were really just going to be victims of this for the rest of our lives if I took down that way of thinking. So I thought, wait a second, I'm committed to, you know, courage and creativity and being a contribution. That's just what I, I have going on with me. And, and I said, if I came from that, like, maybe we could make a difference with this. And, and I thought about my cousin, Sarah, who had gone gluten free for a year. And somehow she had maybe healed her stomach a little bit. And she was then able to eat gluten a little bit now and then, you know, a year later. So I brought her up to my son, Ben, and I said, Ben, would you like to be able to eat meat? That Because that's one of the things he was allergic to a year from now, like maybe a slice of pizza at a birthday party. And he said, yes. And I said, well, then would you be my partner in your health? Would you partner with me? with me? Would you try anything? You know, drink green drinks, alternative health, whatever it takes. He said, yes. And then I said, well, then I shook his hand and I said, I'm making a deal with you. I promise you will get better. Now that was scary for me because I didn't know how I didn't have the answers, but I knew that if I made a promise with him and if we partnered together, that we would accomplish much more, right? Than than if we didn't, that, you know, when you make a promise, you step up to the plate, right? Especially with your children. So I knew that I would, I would step up to the plate. And so I did that and began researching. And it, you know, it really occurred to me that it was kind of weird that he could eat a hot, day, a hot dog one day, but the next day it would give him a rash. Or one day he could eat some type of luncheon meat and the next day it would give him a rash. And so I learned that he had a carangina allergy, which is a seaweed food thickener that's in just about everything that kids like, like ice cream and hot dogs and lunch meats and you know anything saucy or creamy. And, and then I was like, well, why does he have a care and heaning allergy? What, what is, you know, why? And I looked into the food supply I learned about GMOs. And later on, I learned more about glyphosate, which 80% of GMOs are engineered to withstand. And just began to research on the food supply. And once we went GMO-free, his, his allergies dramatically reduced. And once we went fully 100% organic, which is connected to another story with my son, which I'll tell you later, but. Once we went fully organic, his allergies went from a 19 down to a point two. So he no longer has life-threatening nut allergies or frankly, any allergies. And now he is 16. He is super healthy. He only eats organic. He's actually gone to vegan now as well. Or he likes to say whole food, plant-based diet. And um, he's actually teaching us now. He's doing presentations for his family. On the optimal diet to prevent heart disease, things like that. So he, you know, is really super healthy and is inspiring us now in his health. and And along the way, I created Moms Across America and got involved in more advocacy because I knew that um, this was important for everyone to learn.
1: the you know, everyone to know that you can make a difference with your health. So you had um, other troubles with your kids as well. You, your other two boys. Um, I, I had the opportunity to meet your the whole family when yes. I was in the U S when I was touring with what's with Wheat and it was such a joy to watch you speak and watch your movie uh, and, and see what you were doing. And, and I, you know what I love the best is that we just met at a little community center and I don't know, there was maybe a hundred people in the room, maybe that I can't remember. And I could just see you, you were just traveling in this mobile holiday home and just going to where people wanted to hear from you. So I know that you had, before we get on to Moms Across America, you had some other issues with health with your children as well, didn't you?
2: Yes. And that was um, a little bit later. My middle son was eight years old and he suddenly had an onset of autism symptoms. I didn't know what they were at first, but he was hitting and screaming and like throwing tantrums, you know, like a two-year-old. He also had rashes, uh, but he didn't have an allergy to caranginan. So I was like, what is going on? and uh, his grades plummeted from A's to D's he was a straight A student before that and he loved math and he uh, all of a sudden was getting D's in math and his teacher actually called me and said there's something going on with him and and my husband said oh it's just a phase i said no there's really something going on with him. so i took him to the doctor and the doctor tested him his urine for fungus and bacteria and i said why are you testing him for fungus he said because an overgrowth of bad bacteria and fungus in the gut can lead to inflammation in the brain. And I was like, Oh, wait a second. I had just learned that's what glyphosate does. And, you know, glyphosate's in Roundup and it's sprayed on GMOs and it's also sprayed on wheat as a drying agent and other, you know, legumes and beans, beans and peas and garbanzo beans. And so that's what glyphosate does. It actually targets the beneficial gut bacteria. And allows for an overgrowth of pathogenic gut bacteria, which leads to signaling the vagus nerve in the gut to tell the brain to go and attack. Like bad guys, in, you know, bad guys in the gut, attack. And when they go on attack in the brain, it causes inflammation on the neurons in the brain. And so um, a child can suddenly have very erratic behavior or memory loss problems, you know, inability to focus, lack of eye contact. Um, and so the, the child can suddenly have erratic behavior. And, and, um, so what he was describing to me was the same thing that I had been told that by doctors that happens with glyphosate. And I mentioned it to him. He did not know about it. He talked about it for 45 minutes. He said, I should speak at a math conference, like in front of doctors. And I couldn't obviously, cause I'm not a doctor, but, um, but he said, that sounds like a good idea. I've been telling my patients, cause he was a doctor for autism patients and, my children didn't have autism, but we were going to him because he, he did a, a spaced out vaccine schedule. And I liked that. And so uh, my son hadn't had a vaccine in probably about three or four years, but he had been eating wheat. And so I said, wait a second, he's my only son that's eating wheat. The other two sons have a gluten intolerance. And so um, I was like, I wonder if he's getting glyphosate through his diet through wheat. So around that time, I also had happened to bug a farmer for about a year, a year and a half to help me find a lab which would test for glyphosate in children's urine because I knew that we needed to connect this whole GMO glyphosate thing to what was actually going on with our children. I needed evidence of that. And he had come through. So it was right around the same time that I was able to send my son's urine into a lab to have it tested for glyphosate. And this was the first time this had happened anywhere in America. And he was the first one tested. And when his lab results came back, I was furious. He had 8.7 parts per billion of glyphosate in his urine. And that was eight times higher than was found anywhere in Europe when Friends of the Earth did testing in Europe probably about a year before that. And so Roundup was in my son, Roundup weed killer. And we're not farmers. We didn't use Roundup. You know, there was no reason for that to be in him except for the food supply, right? And We also tested the water around the same time and the water had 0.08 or something parts per billion. So it wasn't, the water wasn't the only thing to blame, right? So there was definitely coming from another source. And, um, and so we knew that we, we pretty much knew that it had to be wheat because he was the only one eating wheat. And so we cut wheat out of his diet. We went completely organic with everything, even meat and, and, you know, dairy and everything. Um, And he did need to take an antifungal because he had, when the doctor, the results came back from the doctor, he had very high fungus levels, he had very high bacteria, he had C. diff, he had gut dysbiosis, he had leaky gut, he had 22 different food intolerances. And so we went completely organic for six weeks. We also cut sugar out of his diet because that can feed the overgrowth of bad gut bacteria. We put in uh, sauerkraut, which has a billion good bacteria in each, in each bite, and you need different kinds of good bacteria in the gut to restore the, the microbiome. And we did do an antifungal medication, which was $650 a month, um, so it was very expensive. There are other alternatives to compound medicines, you know, like golden seal and other types of remedies that I didn't feel confident to try, but in hindsight, I might have tried that first. Um, but, uh, you know, of course, talk to your doctor about that. Um, but we, we did that and within six weeks we retested him and glyphosate, his glyphosate levels were no longer detectable and his autism symptoms were gone and have never come back. And it's, it's now been, I don't know, maybe five years. And so some of my, you know, our supporters at Moms Across America or friends pay anywhere from 65,000 to a hundred something thousand a year um, for therapies for their children with autism. And so I say that we can't afford to not eat organic get it because I know in our family, we're not only saving thousands of dollars a year on allergy, you know, doctor visits and sick visits. And, you know, they used to get way more like ear aches and nose, you know, problems and just all kinds of sicknesses. They're not getting them anymore. We, we haven't had to go for a sick doc doctor visit in maybe three and a half or four years. We just, we have it. they just don't, they went for poison sumac one time and uh, my son's been for the well checkups, you know, cause he's in sports. So he's been checked up for that, but they are really, really healthy now. And my son's back to AIDS and B's in school and, you know, very socially, um, you know, well adjusted and, you know, active in, in many different activities and he's just doing awesome. And, and so I know like I know for sure that what we eat has the biggest influence. I believe in in what happens to our health. Whether whether we're impacted by vaccines or antibiotics or toxins that you know a neighbor spraying or whatever it is, whatever impacted us to cause the problem. The solution really has to start with eating organic and eliminating that exposure to toxins in our gut because our our health really does, it is founded in our gut, you know, the Hippocrates and everybody, they were right. You know, it all disease starts in the gut. And so if we sort out the gut, no matter what the other health issue is, I really believe we can make a huge strides in, in many different health issues.
1: Yeah, most definitely. It's interesting. I was, um, I was watching you this morning on your Moms Crips America and there was somebody else that came on and they were talking about hot dogs And they said, oh, look at this, a natural hot dog, grass-fed, the whole lot. So I went to the website of the company and I read the ingredients. And when I read the ingredients, there was a flavour in there, there were extractives in there, there was all sorts of things in there. And I thought, right, I'll go to the paint and I'll have a look what's in this paprika extractive. And I read it and I went, how can they call this natural? The problem is is that... uh, Number one, people aren't educated about this. But number two, either of them food manufacturers, because I've called them and I've said, can you tell me about your celery extract or can you tell me about your rosemary extract or can you tell me about this? They actually believe that it's a natural product because they're being told by the chemical companies that it is. Even though it's genetically modified Escherichia coli or fungi or mould that's producing the product on a genetically modified substrate, and so it's it's like education, and that's what we do here at the Nutrition Academy is that we are educating people. What I want to go to now is Moms Across America. How did that start? Whatever made you think of doing that? Because I, I watch you, you are everywhere with advocacy, um, not only about Roundup and glyphosate and food and non gmos but also... Um, you are having mandatory vaccinations um, enforced in certain states of the US and I'm noticing you there as well. I don't know what else you're advocating, but at that point, these are the two things that I watch you on um, because you have found, you've been doing a lot of testing and you have found glyphosate in vaccines.
2: Yes, I was really shocked, um, but Actually, not that shocked. I mean, because the ingredients are GMO. There's many ingredients which I can't say are, but are likely to be GMO because 80% of the crops to up to 100% of the crops of corn, soy, canola, um, like that are, and sugar are GMO in America. And so, if you see an ingredient such as sugar or something derived from soy or corn or animal parts like bovine serum or eggs or you know Uh, gelatin which is from pigs they are i mean you could practically guarantee that they're being fed gmos which are sprayed with glyphosate and we know that glyphosate accumulates in animal body parts and um, so the tendons that are in pigs are ground up to make gelatin and then the gelatin is put in vaccines as a stabilizing agent so um in addition to the GMO ingredients, when I looked at those ingredients, I was like, wait a second, if there's GMOs in vaccines, there's a very high chance that there's glyphosate in vaccines. So I sent five childhood vaccines to a lab to be tested, and they all came back positive. And the MMR vaccine came back 25 times higher in glyphosate than the other childhood vaccines. And then I I told a small group of scientists about this because I didn't want to come out with this information just with five vaccines. I thought somebody else has got to test and confirm this. And another scientist did test, Sam and he tested 14 vaccines. And I think the majority of them came back positive as well. And his MMR vaccine tested 34 times higher for glyphosate than the other vaccines. And this is significant because The MMR vaccine is the one that uh, William Thompson, a whistleblower who works for the CDC, actually connected to um, gut issues and autism, Mm -hmm. especially in African-American boys, that they had a higher risk of uh, having autism when they got the MMR vaccine. And so I was floored because my children are almost fully vaccinated, right? Like I trusted my doctors. I thought it was the right thing to do. Um, my kids got five or six vaccines in one shot, I didn't even know that they were getting probably 10 diseases at once. And, um, and I believe that was part of their allergies and their autoimmune issues and their autism symptoms. I think it's not just the health supply, the food supply, I think it is the combination of the toxins that they're getting from vaccines and the food supply and, you know, and the air and our water and, you know, toxins and pajamas and all that stuff, right? Like it's it's a toxic burden that is impacting our children. Now, the thing that's really significant about glyphosate being in vaccines is that glyphosate does break down the blood-brain barrier. So that means that other toxins that are accompanying that or are are in your blood at the same time as glyphosate, the glyphosate will break down the blood-brain barrier and allow those toxins into the brain. And studies have shown that there are much higher levels of aluminum in Children's brains that have autism um, and elderly people with Alzheimer's. And aluminum has replaced mercury in vaccines and and most vaccines, except for the flu shot. And in some vaccines, there can be 500 micrograms of aluminum. And the, the FDA themselves says that 25 micrograms is toxic. So, how an infant could be getting a vaccine with that much aluminum in it? and combine it with glyphosate like that's just a recipe for disaster. You know, our eighteen months old month olds in the United States are getting four thousand nine hundred and either twenty three or twenty five micrograms of aluminum up until the up um, up until eighteen months. So by eighteen months old they can be subjected to four thousand nine hundred and twenty three or twenty five micrograms of aluminum. That is insane. Like it's a miracle that children are not being harmed from that if, if, they, if they are not harmed. Now, there are certain children that are more at risk from harm from this type of um, injection of toxins, and that are children that have uh, a mutated MTFHR, uh, MTHFR gene, and that can be between 10 to 50% of the population. And I recently learned from Kaiser Permanente, they have an um, a information sheet out about the MTHFR gene. And they say that Chinese women, one third of Chinese women, and I'm half Chinese, have a mutated MTHFR gene. And so uh, people of uh, minority, it's called minority, really are the majority though. <laughs> you know, Hispanics and sorry, Asians are <laughs> really the mi- majority. But so we, we have a, a higher tendency to have this mutation and um, Caucasians do not. It's more of like 10 to 15%. So um, my children are a quarter Chinese and um, about thirty percent Native American. So, um, and, which I think is in the realm of you know they classify as Hispanic or whatever. So they they have a certain you know percentage of they have a higher percentage as well of um, having the mutated MTFHR gene. So um, so that that to, to be injecting children with toxins especially those that have the potential of having a um, a compromised ability to detoxify, is very dangerous. So mandates are particularly dangerous for a certain portion of the population. And the problem is, of course, that when you mandate something, you're saying everybody has to get it regardless of your genetic disposition. And that's frankly anti-science. Right? I mean that's just chucking genetics and family history out the window and saying, It doesn't matter, we're just gonna force everybody to have a certain medical procedure um because we think it will be for the greater good. Well, if it's not good for my child, I don't wanna do it. You know, and I have a right to say that my child um will be injected or not injected with something. I, I believe that's my right as a parent. So um yeah, it's very concerning to us that glyphosate is contaminating so many things. We found glyphosate in breast milk. We found it in wine, uh, beer. Other organizations have found it in crackers and eggs, very high levels of eggs. Um, and this is all non-organic, by the way. Some very small levels have been found in organic by contamination and drift and all that. So it's still way better to eat organic. Um, but uh, it is, it's pervasive in our food supply and our vaccines and the cotton sanitary products in, I mean, just all kinds of things are showing up positive for glyphosate. So this is why we're working so hard to have it banned. It really does need to be banned. And we sincerely hope that Australians will work hard to have it banned in your country. Um, it, is, it is essential that it is banned and that they stop using this product. It cannot coexist. We're finding it in the rain. It's in the irrigation water. It's in the manure, you know, the fertilizers that are used in our food supply. Um, it's It's just pretty much everywhere. So it, it needs
1: to stop. Well, you'd be happy to know that there was a, a huge grain, I think it was called Summer Grains Conference on the Gold Coast over the weekend. And um, there was a gentleman that spoke who said, I don't care what you think about it, Roundup, whether you like it or you don't like it, or whether you agree with the science you don't agree with the science, it, is, it will be banned and you need to be prepared. Yeah. So Yay! you'd be happy to hear that. And this was at a huge grain-growing conference and he didn't get into the, you know, what it does or how it does or anything like that, but he said it is at that point and you need to be ready for it. So I thought you'd be happy to hear that. I only heard it this morning. A friend of mine sent it to me who's a farmer, a, a broadacre farmer, and they're stopping it. They've already, you know, they've been doing this for a while, but yeah, she said, you know, you so happy.
2: <laughs> I, I am so happy because when I found out about GMOs, it was, it was, I, that was my focus because they're genetically modified. They can cause genetic mutations. The third generation of rats or hamsters that ate GMOs were sterile. I was like, hell no. I want my kids to be able to have children someday and experience the profound love that it is to have their own child, right? So that was my focus, was getting GMOs out of the food supply, getting them labeled, and then getting them out of the food supply. And then I learned that, you know, not only they're engineered to withstand glyphosate, but and they're sprayed with glyphosate, but that non-GMO crops are sprayed with glyphosate as well, you know, as a drying agent, the, the wheat and the peas and the beans and legumes and sugar and all that. And so when I when I learned that, I said, oh my gosh, we, this is even bigger. Like you really you have to go organic to avoid not just GMOs, but, this, but glyphosate. And you have to go totally organic because it's so prevalent. And I I told um, people that I was going to go after glyphosate, that we need to raise awareness about it. And they were like, oh, Zen, it's way too big. It's even bigger than GMOs. You're never going to make a dent in that. It's like $40 billion a year in profit. You know, that's just... Don't you know, just don't do that. You're gonna, you know. So, um, I said, I don't care how hard it is, this has to stop. It it has to stop, and we have to connect it to our children's health because connecting it to the bees and the butterflies is not enough. Like, not enough people care about bees and butterflies to take action and you know, go to their senators and their representatives or stop buying certain foods. It has to be personal, it has to be about our children's health, and it really is about that now. One out of two of our children have a chronic illness in America. And I know it's not, it's not that far off in Australia, I went to one of the schools. And I saw there were, you know, like 30 something children's faces with a little EpiPen next to it. And these kids needed an EpiPen, you know, in school in order to be able to uh, make it through the day or their lunch, you know, if they had an attack. And so um, it's happening around the world. And that's why this is really a global, a global food issue, a global health issue and mothers around the world. We have a group, subgroup called Mothers Across the World. You know, mothers across the world really do need to speak up and stand up and, and, and uh, make a difference and demand that these agrochemicals agro-chem- are no longer in our
1: food supply and, and GMOs. Do you know what I find amazing is that mothers who are not doctors or scientists can speak up because they can't be deregulated, deregistered, de whatever. They can speak up. So I um, contacted Chris e- Christopher Exley um, in the UK and asked if I could interview him, but I can't until October because of things that are happening to him and he's, you know, the aluminium specialist. So what's good about mums and mums and mothers is that we can speak up. We have some amazing mothers here in Australia that are speaking up and on not only Roundup like Madge, with Roundup and GMOs, but also the vaccine issue. You know, we've got a very, very strong young woman who actually just met Robert Kennedy in, the, in Samoas, um, which is her home country but lives in Australia. And And they, they're they the ones that can speak up and they get messages from everybody all the time saying, thank you for speaking up. We can't speak up or I'll lose my job. I can't speak up or I'll be deregistered. I can't speak up or they'll take my funding, you know. and, and so Moms Across America and Mothers Across the World, I didn't know they existed. I'm going to have to have a look at that. And we might need some moms across Australia.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I believe there are some people who have asked about that. We might have made a little banner for them and somebody may that may be going already. Um, but yes, we all do need to speak up about this. It's it's extremely important. And, and that's that's really, you asked why I started Moms Across America. That's, that's why I started Moms Across America, because I asked it myself you know, how could we reach as many people as possible in the shortest amount of time? Because I'm, I want to be efficient, right? I'm a mom. I've, I was also a waitress for seven, seven summers, right? Through college and all that. Like, you, you got to be efficient, you know? You got to get this done. So um, I asked myself that question after we lost the Prop 37 um, uh, GMO labeling campaign, right? And so how could we reach as many people as possible in the shortest amount of time? And I thought of 4th of July parades here in America, in almost every town, at least every county, there's a 4th of July parade in their hometown. It's about one and a half to three miles long. And people line the streets and we have these banners and floats and all of that. And people join into parades and people want to see people and their banners. And I'm like, how awesome would that be to have a banner saying something about moms, something about GMOs, so that, you know, grandpa just elbows his wife and says, Hey, honey, what's a GMO? That's all we need to have happen. We need people to wonder, what are GMOs? And so I raised this issue with some um, activists that I knew at the time, Pam Larry, who started Prop 37, and Diana Reeves, who started GMO for USA. And they're like, wow, that sounds like a great idea. And so their encouragement had me just go for it and create a website called Moms Across America. And the event was called March to Label GMOs. So it was on the banner, it said Moms Across America, March to Label GMOs. And that's really all we needed. And then we had flyers. I got together some information and put it on flyers. And um, we started a website. I started a website. And within four months, uh, we had, and a Facebook page. And within four months, we had a reach on Facebook of over 300,000 a week. And it just took off. And, And I believe that that's because we had a date and a time. And we had an event that people could join easily. And it would be effective because one parade, three people deep, right, three spectators deep on each side means reaching about 30,000 people. So even if it's a small parade, a mile and a half and one or two people deep, right, you're still going to reach five to 10,000 people. And you're going to do it in a family-friendly way. You know, it's not a protest where people are trying to put their windows up because you're shouting at them. It's they're applauding you. They're like, yay, go moms. And you're like, yay, you know, and you've got your band and you could hand out flyers. And it's super fun. Like, I didn't even think about the whole applauding thing. But when it happened, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so moved because I thought about the other 179 groups across the country that were marching in parades at that same time that day or, you know, on the same day, that they were being applauded for their efforts. Because when are activists ever applauded? They're not. They're shunned. You know, They're, they're just, they're like, oh, those wacky people with too much time on their hands, you know? So um, that was a special treat and we had um, yeah 179 groups join in that first year and in 37 states and then in the next year I think it was maybe 120 something and it's definitely fewer now but now more groups are taking us on for health freedom and for other issues like uh, we noticed that there was a group in Washington DC the third year that just wanted to get leaf blowers out of their out of their county. And they did that. So leaf blowers, they were like, you know, just marching about leaf blowers. So you can get into a 4th of July parade here in America on all kinds of different issues, but most people don't usually think about doing that. You know, they don't think of it as a place to reach people for an advocacy issue. And um, more and more groups are doing that now, especially, you know, gun issues and, you know, different types of uh, maybe suicide issues, you know, things like that. So people are reaching out more through 4th of July parades and uh, it's very exciting. It's a lot of fun. It's very effective. And since then, I I realized it it had to not just be a one-time event. It needed to be a, a nonprofit. So at first, we had a fiscal sponsor for about three years. And then eventually, we segued into our own nonprofit. And um, we're able to raise money through individuals, sponsors, and we have a health solution store where we sell um, products that Pertain to our most our gut because that's what I needed when my children, you know, were faced with these issues. So we have a handful of products that uh, we sell as a fundraiser, and it, they fulfill in our mission to create healthy communities. And we're very selective, and they're very highly vetted, and they um, are really our breakthrough technology, like really the, some of the best technology out there. So um, we're very happy that our supporters can support us through the fundraiser and their own health. And um, and so it's a win-win for everybody. So we've, we've had, as you said, over 600 leaders now create over 1,000 events in the past. We're now on our sixth year, and um, it's very exciting to meet people across the country and, and around the world that are so committed.
1: So you also make um, pamphlets. So I'm just trying to – so I do have it. I'm going to show you this then. hmm Sorry, you gave me a whole bunch of these pamphlets. Oh, yes, the way you yes. pamphlets, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you also have them online so that people can get them and get them in groups of like 100 or more and they can um, give them to their communities, they can give them to their counsellors, they can give them to whoever it is. When you did your first um, 4th of July parade, did you... Um, have the banners ready for everybody. Did you send them out? Is that how you did that?
2: So we, and I want to be clear, we joined into parades, right? So we didn't create the parades. They were already happening. And you can do this with sports events or street fairs or any type of event, right? That's a big event that's happening in your city. You can just join in um, and pass out flyers or have a booth. And so what we did was, yes, I had a graphic designer design a, a banner and we put it on our website. And the first year, I believe, we did print up these banners because you can you can uh, get a cheaper price bulk, right? Mm-hmm. So I think we printed up, uh, I don't know, 100 of them. I think we had a goal of 100. And, um, and then we had people pay, I think it was $40 or something for a banner. If they did it in their hometown, it might have been $80 locally because you could just download the graphic and print it out at your local staples. And I think it would have been 60 or 80 So whatever the prices were, maybe it was even $35. I don't know. But they did have to pay for them the first year. Mm -hmm. And because we didn't raise a bunch of money. Um, But I think we did send out the the boxes of flyers for free. All they had to do was pay for shipping, which was about 20 bucks. And it was about 1000 flyers. So um, we did uh, sort that out. And over the years, it's still now $20 for a box of 1000 flyers. And you can download the image for the for the banner and they, you can print it now just locally. And, um, I, I don't know, if, you know, if we get a discount, it can cost maybe 60 bucks or something. So there is an investment to doing it, but most parades, they don't charge you to get in the parade. Maybe if there's a fee, it might be $15 or $30 or something like that. So it's fairly affordable and you can use that banner. If you do like a six foot by two and a half foot banner, that's the perfect size for the front of a table for a booth. So you can use it at farmer's markets or other, you know, health fairs and things like that. And a lot of people are really happy and proud to do that because they're just like patriotic looking banners and they're, uh, you know, they're they're not scary or anything like that's approachable. So we had all of that on our website. I also um, designed or had a graphic designer design t-shirts that say like GMO free mom and, you know, label GMOs now. So we had t-shirts, we had banners, we had flyers, we had buttons and stickers and um and eventually we had aprons, so you you just wear an apron, this is organic chef. so yeah, we have a whole uh collection of tote bags and things like that on our website, and um all the t shirts are organic, you know, the aprons and the bags too so um it's been a lot of fun. My background is in fashion design and product design, so that came in handy with, <laughs> with, you know, doing all this, knowing like what colors and graphics that I wanted and things like that. So that's, that has come in very handy.
1: Yeah. And is this a full-time job?
2: Yes, it is. It is now. It, 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 it's pretty much from the get-go was a full-time job. Um Thanks to my husband's job, I was able to just do this for three and a half years volunteer hmm. and, um, Then he lost his job and I believe uh, it was not just a coincidence. He lost his job two weeks after we put banners up outside of Monsanto during the shareholder meeting that basically said GMOs and, you know, glyphosate are toxic or something like that and our children get better when they eat organic, invest in the future, right? Invest in organic. And um, something shorter than that, but that was the gist of it. We put that billboard up right outside of Monsanto's um, headquarters during their shareholder meeting. I don't think they like that. And uh, two weeks later, uh, my husband was let go. And this was during a reorg of about 300 people. And he was the only one let go. Um, Monsanto happened to be one of the company's clients. And he did not work with anybody from Monsanto. He was an IT guy, a software guy, but um, it was just very odd and coincidental that, um, you know, an outside person came in and reorged the company. And my, my husband was the only one let go. So we, we lost our, um, source of funding for me to be able to do what I do. Um, but we had funders step up and said, you know, this is too important. We need to keep doing this. So we're able to pay the rent now. And you know, we don't like make a lot of money from doing this, but it's, it's so important. I think that we continue to do this and, um, and we make it work, you know, and I told my husband at the time, I don't care if we have to live in the RV, you know, we're still eating organic, you know, we're going to, we're going to find a way to make this work. And so, He did, and he got training. He decided not to go back to some, you know, biotech job or pharmaceutical job. There's a lot of uh, those types of companies in our area. And he got training with search engine optimization. And so now he has a company called Organic Results, and he supports websites to increase their traffic to their website. He does a great job for moms Across America with that. And so we get to work together, and he consults with other companies where he really believes in what they do, you know. And so, um, we are now able to be with our kids and if we want to travel, we can travel and mostly travel to raise awareness about, you know, moms across America (laughs) don't have many vacations where we're not doing a talk or something like that. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's, it's really, um, wonderful that we get to work together and, and fulfill on what we believe is our mission in life to really, really help create a healthy community. So I have it that if you do what you love, all the world will conspire with, with you. Like, they, it really will. It just find that thing that matters to you. Uh, be confident about it. Speak passionately about it. Uh, clearly know what you're talking about. You know, get your education. And um, and then just go for it and say, I'm going to do something. And the bigger that thing is, the more inspiring it will be and the more people will be likely want to work with you or to support what you're doing or to purchase your products, you know, because you're you're up to something big and you're up to something that's bigger than you and something that will make a difference for them and their community and for, you know, really the world. So um, I I really encourage people, especially your students who are, you know, in this world of health and solutions and, you know, there's a lot of struggle. Just keep going. And just trust yourself and keep doing it and be vocal. And so what if you're like the weird anti-GMO lady or the weird lady, you know, so awesome, do that. <laughs> you know, and be the one, like I would prefer to be in a room with a thousand people that don't know about GMOs than to be in a room with a thousand people that do know about GMOs, right? Like, like get away from birds of a feather flocking together thing. That's great. Get Go and do that and get recharged. But then get out in the world and, and be the one that is speaking, uh, the, that's upsetting the apple cart, right? The one that is speaking to the opposite of what Big Pharma and Big Ag and Big Oil want us to speak about. We really do need to disrupt what's going on because corporate corruption is killing us. Mm-hmm. And it's up to us, I believe, women and mothers primarily, you know,
1: parents to, to protect our children, protect the future of our countries and, and of the world. Mm. I think there's a little bit of cognitive dissonance and just looking the other way for a lot of people. Sometimes it gets really frustrating, and I know my students will be feeling this and my graduates, that we get a little bit frustrated by um, they, think, you know, they think you're crazy, like the whole glyphosate, Roundup, um, GMO. They, they just think you've you got to be in your bonnet. When I was fighting the council, uh, four years ago I started and now they've stopped using it. Yeah, I know, but they're not telling anybody yet. So all my students will know this, but they're trialing a, a new contact organic um, product, but they're quietly confident and they're not telling anyone yet. I don't know why, but, they're not. but I just, when I started four years ago, I heard from a counsellor who said, oh, they just think you've got to be in your bonnet, Cindy. Yes. <laughs> it's just, it, it's like they, they just, oh, let's just flicker away, you know, don't worry about her. And I went to our count, a counsellor who is meant to be, you know, the the one that's wanting to look at things naturally. And she said, oh, Cindy, we've been working on this for five years. And I went, five years? You give me no hope. You know, yeah. it's, it's but I loved that ending that you just did then because that's usually the question I ask is have you got any words wise words of wisdom and you do
2: <laughs> the best it anyway.
1: <laughs> of your wise words of wisdom so I don't have to ask for that question I just think that if people listen to you and realize that there is things out there bigger than ourselves and we need to have a voice and we need to you know speak up and, you know, the Nutrition Academy is a group of people that do speak up about food. You know, we talk about the organic, non-GMO, non-glyphosate, non-Roundup, you know, and the other 596 registered products in Australia with glyphosate in it. Yeah. Our regulatory bodies aren't doing much at all about it, but they, they will. We know they will. Yeah. I think Well, the, the,
2: the trick is to, um, to be unstoppable about it. That's why my book is called Unstoppable. It's... It's no matter what they say and no matter what they call you, right? Or how you feel about what they're saying, you know, about you is to stay committed. It's to continue taking actions based on the future that you want to create, not actions based on the current circumstances. Because the current circumstances right now, let's let's be honest, there's no agreement in the current circumstances. You know, there's hundreds of millions of glyphosate being used in, in our country. You know, and your country most likely 300 million, I don't know pounds or something a year in, in the United States. Uh, there, there's no, there's no agreement for getting banning life estates. You know, there's no agreement for uh, no GMOs. There's, there's, it's, it's just so overwhelming and so big. It doesn't seem like uh, it's a smart thing to do if you want to win and you want to be right to go up against these things, but. But, uh, and I don't mean right. I mean, if you want to like be successful, right? It seems like a very daunting and overwhelming and not likely uh, task to take on. But to me, that doesn't matter. What matters is what's in the best interest of our children. You know, a mom's only special interest is the well being of her children. It's not that way for, for corporations, their special interest is the, is the you know, increased profit of their company. And so, um, but what what the advantage that we have is that our source of motivation will never end. We love our children and our families so much. We are unstoppable because of that. We will not just give up. And I'm sure all of your, you know, your your students, uh, when they learn something, it just adds more fuel to the fire for them. They're, they just become more armed with, you know, the truth and the facts and, and they become more empowered. And. That's what we need to do is to continue to share that because uh, your students and and people like our supporters are the ones bringing the truth to the people. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it's like in Australia, but I can guess that the media is probably not telling people the truth about (laughs) what's going on in the food supply. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, maybe they are now with glyphosate because of the lawsuits, but and um, the mo for the most part, the major media here in the United States, seventy percent of the commercials are big pharma, so funded. You know, so of course they're not going to tell the truth about what's going on with um, with pharmaceuticals or their sister companies, which own uh, pesticides and GMOs. Right? They're, they're, the media is not going to tell the truth about that. So, no matter what happens, it, what how we're going to win and how uh, we're going to make progress is is to continue to be unstoppable to continue to take actions based on what we're committed to i'm committed to health and freedom right i'm committed to empowering community leaders to be global game changers and i know you are too through your education right you want to empower people locally and so that they will go out and not just make a difference in their family and in their community but it will ripple effect throughout the world mm-hmm. and we see that happening right we, we see that happening with people i met this lovely woman from Uganda in Australia, when I was there, her name is Alice, and her video is on YouTube. And she is now educating people, you know, in Africa and in many other places about the dangers of GMOs and glyphosate. And and it's happening around the world. We are educating people. So um, I would invite every single person to see themselves in the same way. And so there's nothing special about me except that I'm willing to speak up. I re- really, there's no- I'm just. I have no background in creating a nonprofit or marketing or, you know, a big event like this. I just said, I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to mess up. I'm willing to look bad. I'm willing to fail because so what? It's not about me. It's about this future that I want to create. It's about my children. It's about your children. It's about, you know, us being healthy. So I'm just going to do whatever it takes to make that happen. So if your students decide that they're the ones... To make a difference in a particular area, you know, whether it's getting GMOs out of the school or getting glyphosate like you did out of your town, right? Or having a certain senator or representative create a bill to ban glyphosate or, you know, all toxic chemicals, right? If they just say, I'm the one that's gonna do this, they will inspire other people to get on board with them and you will make progress. Mm. That's just the way it works. It just takes one person to start and you will inspire other people to take action too. So I'm very grateful to be able to talk
1: to you and to your students, and uh, really appreciate this this time of year. Well, you're such an inspiration. So, if my students want to get your book, is it on Kindle? Is it in Australia? Do we go to Moms Across America?
2: Yes. It, well, so you can link to it from Moms Across America. It's sold on Amazon, I believe. It is on Kindle. There's like a downloadable ebook. There's also a mini ebook. If you sign up for our newsletter, uh, you get access to a mini, a free mini ebook, or it's a couple chapters from it. And, um yeah, and I, I hope you I hope your supporters uh, read it and enjoy it and uh, learn about how not only we got started, but how the entire community is working together. I, I source uh, farmers and scientists and doctors and lawyers in the book and really tell the whole story about the community that has come together to um, you know create a healthier food supply and, and health in America and around the world. And of course, I mentioned, uh, mothers across the world and my, my trip to Australia and New Zealand and uh, China and um, Japan yeah. and Korea and places like that too. So it's, um, it's, a, it's really a, a global, uh, a global, global effort. Yeah, well, within, um, of.
1: Thank you Zen Honeycut. You, um, yeah. you're an inspiration and I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy.
0: Cindy, that was an amazing interview. And oh my goodness, Zen is just an incredible, credible person. We are so blessed to have shared the show with her. So for all of our guys and all of our listeners that are interested to post your comments, questions or concerns, ideas, thoughts, all of it, head on over to our Facebook page .allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat or you can head on over to allthews.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. But most importantly, everybody, Make sure you give us a five-star rating when you jump into iTunes and also make sure that you tune in here next week right here on Up For A Chat where you get to become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. We're going to see you on the ride. Bye for now, everybody.